Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I can't wait to share with you about our guest today. She is the co-founder and CEO of a company that I absolutely love and look up to called Vitruvi. And her name is Sarah Panton. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to finally have the opportunity to connect with you um, virtually even, but so lovely to meet you and chat because I'm really looking forward to learn more about Vitruvi and how you got started and kind of pick your brain too, just about like building a brand. You've built a very beautiful elevated brand and you've done a beautiful job. So I'm really excited to learn more about how someone does that. Awesome. Well, it's probably my favorite thing in the world to talk about. So I'm very much looking forward cool. to it. So where are you right now? Where are you based? Well, right now I am in Vancouver. Canada, okay. And I didn't know this was going to be recorded. So I was unpacking boxes. Uh, I'm in the middle of moving and, and setting up a new office for our team. So um, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. It's where our head office is. Um, and I'm based That's here. Cool. Well, you look yeah. beautiful having moving in the middle of moving boxes. That's awesome. <laughs> moving. I, I thought I could maybe do this walking with headphones in, but no, yeah. we're here. We're present. <laughs> so it's way better. So, yeah. okay. So you guys are based out of Vancouver. Um, Tell us a little bit about, you know, so your co-founder, did you, did I hear at some point that you started the company with a sibling of yours or a family member? Yes. Yeah. So uh, my co-founder is my brother, my only sibling, my only brother. <laughs> um, and Sean and I started the company about six years ago from inception and sort of the idea of it. And we've been running it full time for the last four years with our team here in Vancouver, Canada. Oh my gosh, family business. How's that? First generation family business. So we're just figuring it all out. Uh, you know, our parents didn't have a background in business. Our our mom is a teacher and our dad was a police officer. So we're really just figuring all this out um, with some amazing mentorship and um, an incredible team. So yeah, it's, it's pretty neat building a business with a brother because it allows for a level of dialogue that's really transparent. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we love each other. And so I think it's allowed us to scale as quickly as we have is because we can just work through problems and work through issues in real time. Um, and we've always been friends. We've always been close. We grew up in a super small town and from early days, sort of, okay, we're going to be friends and we can play together or it's going to be really boring. Um, and so we just decided we'll be That's friends. So, fun. so you grew up in Canada, I'm assuming. Yeah, we grew up in Canada um, on an island off the coast of Vancouver called Vancouver Island. Um, and we grew up in a little farming community. My husband went to um, Shawnigan yeah. Lake. It's a border. Oh, oh awesome. Island. Yeah. yeah. I had a few friends that went there. I did not go to school as nice as that. But um, I was in a little farming community called Machosen, and that's where we grew up. But it's a really beautiful island. And um, we grew up with an appreciation of nature and our parents um, moved us there to be closer to the earth and they believed in living naturally and that it was important to be outdoors and outside and so um, I think it really facilitated a, an organic for lack of a better word interest in health and wellness in the way that both Sean and I prioritized it growing up. Which obviously segued into the company that you created but what were you doing before Vitruvi? <laughs> 
Um, so growing up in a small town and not having any um, kind of role models that showed what business could be was interesting. I knew that I wanted to help people and I knew that I wanted to sort of work for myself or be able to travel or have flexibility. Um, but at the time I hadn't traveled, but I was really interested in wellness and I was really interested in health and very curious about other parts of the world. I had heard this book at age 10 on Jane Goodall and she basically became my idol. And my plan was to move to Tanzania and count monkeys with Jane Goodall. And that really led into an interest in learning about different cultures. And from there, I started studying global health. Um, and some of my favorite courses were in medical anthropology. Um, and so that looked like learning about different health and wellness practices from different cultures, the use of botanicals, the importance of ritual, and just a genuine curiosity. Um, and that led to me finishing a degree in global health and then going on to study preventative medicine. And the company Vitruvi started as a project in my first year of med school. Oh my gosh, how wonderful. And just learning about the power of essential oils or what exactly was it that took you from preventative medicine to um, essential oils? Yeah, it was um, just out of a, a need. So we were being tested every day and I was experiencing significant test anxiety um, and some anxiousness and had learned about the olfactory nerve, which is the first of the 12 cranial nerves. And it's basically the first thing you learn in medical school. Um, and it's how we do everything from breathing and digesting and smelling and tasting and seeing. And I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. Um, why don't I learn about some of the different ways that aroma can affect the brain? So I just created this little study blend and I would use it while I was studying and then use it in a test scenario. And I became fascinated with the, the combination of scent association. So the brain being very lazy and enjoying things that are familiar. And anything we can do that, whether it's walking the same way to work or um, eating the same thing for dinner or having those little routines, scent is a really powerful way to do that. And it makes the body and brain feel more relaxed. So I created this blend um, and then it kind of just grew from there. Oh my gosh, that sounds so nice. And how wonderful that you were able to create something that really that you found really helped you during those moments of anxiety or testing and and being able to actually study it. That's a big deal. So Yeah, it was Oh sorry. <laughs> Where did your brother come into that scenario? So Sean had moved, I'd moved to Vancouver to go to finish my undergrad degree. And then Sean had moved to Vancouver to go to business school. Um, and he was actually living with me at the time. And I showed him this thing I was building. And then I was really interested in kind of telling different stories and using some of the things I'd learned in my undergraduate degree around learning about different cultures and different daily rituals. And so we built a website together at, in our living room. And we interviewed people about their daily wellness habits. And I wrote things about botanicals and essential oils. Oh, wow. And that's how it started. Was it called? Oh, it's had three different things. Was it but called Vitruvi or was it called something else? No, no. So it started as a Tumblr account um, called Well World. And I would film like these stupid Vimeos <laughs> and um, and talk about different health practices and things I was learning in school um, and little interviews. And then it was, and then we built another site and it was called Latitude Living. And it was all around different parts of the world and sourcing and oils. Um, and then we named the company Vitruvi uh, six, six years ago. Yeah, uh, five, five, 
five or six years ago. Oh it's so yeah. amazing to watch an idea grow into a brand because it's not like you just, I mean, some people, they have the intention of, okay, I'm going to build this brand. It's going to be this off the bat, but to watch the evolution of how it goes into it, I always find that so interesting. Yeah, there was no, you know, you talk about business or start want to start a company or finding a, a hole in the market or an area and opportunity in a market. Um, great. That is not story of Vitruvi. The story of Vitruvi was pure passion, pure interest, learning late at night, asking anyone I could that had a semi-interesting life about what their daily rituals were, uh, and mixing and blending product late at night in my kitchen. So it was really kind of. I would say that Vitruvi is the epitome of the like the re relentless pursuit of optimism and the true belief. Oh, sorry, my dog might jump up here. <laughs> the true belief that um, you create your create your life, and if you have enough energy and enough determination, you can kind of make most things happen. So I'm interested um, since you studied just rituals and practices of different cultures. What about essential oils? Like, are essential oils prevalent in most cultures, or what cultures? Um, I don't know if you know this, but what cultures used um, essential oils in their daily lives? Or what? Um, yeah. Well, basically, a derivative or a version of plant medicine in most cultures around the world, and that can look like anything from tea ceremonies to using tea tree to help with soldiers and tribesmen in Australia, like there's, there's different nuances of the way that plant material has been used um, from both a medicinal perspective, as well from a beauty or a ritualistic type perspective. Um, so some of my favorites are, um, it's said that Cleopatra used geranium oil during, uh, for beauty rituals. And so I, I like using that because it, everyone can use kind of some goddess wow. energy. Uh, and then um, different botanicals um, with the use of frankincense, you know, being around since biblical times and that use of ceremony. And so there's this neat thing about the connection of centuries and the connection of taking traditional botanicals and repurposing them in a way that's modern and approachable and that fits with the aesthetic of our, our community and customer that allows them to have a piece of that. One of my favorite things that I was learning about and continue to be very curious about is this sense of having something that we do every day and how we transform space. So you live in a small home or I traveled to Kenya and you'd see one hut and it's amazing the way that a you can transform a space through the ritual of making chai tea and how that changes the aroma of an area or having peppermint tea or green tea. I did ceremonies in Japan and learning about the different aromas and yuzus and citruses that are used there and this beautiful balance of bitter and citrus and sweet and the way that we can create ceremony and how important that is. And I am a strong believer that wellness and practices that are good for us should be easy and intuitive and simple and affordable. And that so often we can get on this hamster wheel of um, juice cleanses and yoga retreats and fasts. And um, I think that oils and scent is a beautiful and simple way to transform and to feel like you're really transforming a, a, an area for you to nourish yourself. It totally makes sense. And I, I mean, that's really... It's really 
interesting the way you put it because when you said that you can like create a scent that'll like essentially I think this is what you're getting at like if you go on a daily walk but the scent can like kind of take you back to a moment in time or an experience that brought you joy or whatever brings you a sense of calm and your brain associates that with the same thing I mean what an easy way to have that experience back right and the way that we think about it, yeah, the way that we think about it and the way we design products is like creating a, a music playlist for your home with aroma. So the way that you would change the energy that you'd want in the morning with a morning playlist or an evening playlist, scent works the exact same way. So at Vitruvi, we create these scent schemas for different rooms of your house with different frequencies or different levels of energy. And, and the brain likes that. So if you're waking up to the same scent, going to sleep to the same scent, in different areas of your home, transforming a living room from AM to PM. Um, aroma allows you to do that. I love that because um, I used to, I read somewhere a while ago that if you like use your workout clothes for working out, but then you have your home clothes when you come from home from work or when you don't work from home at some point um, during this time, but just yeah. having those moments where things are different or your body understands like, now you're at home, you can unwind a little bit. It's kind of that same idea, exactly what you're saying. And it, yeah, yeah, it takes you to a place where you can let go or whatever it is that you want. I love that idea. And I think it's interesting too, because, you know, I love Palo Santo and I use different types of incense or sage, but um, this, I'd love for you to speak to the smoke, the aspect of that you know, the purity of these oils and um, the aromatherapy with essential oils versus using those types of ritual practices. And just, I don't know if you could speak to that. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about essential oils is that we're taking the, a pure form of a, a plant. So we extract it in a few different ways. With citruses, we use cold pressing. So we'll take the peel and just press it and the oil that comes out. Um, and then we use steam distillation for any florals or herbal or um, wood. So we take a whole bunch of plant matter, add warm steam. The oils are volatile, so they evaporate in um, a steam pocket and then it condenses and it's drained off. Um, and so the neat thing about essential oils is that they're pure and clean. We're able to look at the purity and potency and we get printouts of um, and third party testing of all of our oils. So we know exactly what's in each batch. It's almost like a fine wine. Um, and then the neat thing about it with not having to burn anything is that the air in your home uh, stays clean and, and you're not dealing with smoke. It's also safer than a candle, um, especially when we're talking about the importance of using non-fragrance or non-synthetic fragrances. Um, essential oils are a great option and alternative to that. And when you take a fragrance candle and then burn it, you're taking the synthetic and VOCs that might be in that and then heating them up in an enclosed space. So that's not good for our lung health um, and the air that we're breathing in. So it's clean, it's simple, and it also makes them portable. So you can have the same aroma on the go. I used to travel a lot. So being able to have eucalyptus um, or a ceremony blend with this, uh, actually an essential oil version of Palo Santo, smokeless, um, that allows you to have that same ritualistic experience. Does that answer your yes, question? Definitely. And I love that you got into the fact that yours are steam distilled because there are so many different types like solvent, 
can you tell us a little bit about um, why steam distilled might be superior to the other ones? And because I've also, I think solvent uh, is a solvent a form of extraction. Yeah, it's a form of extraction where you're basically using a chemical to take that oil out. Um, and so we use steam distillation and cold pressing because they're most the most traditionally used and preserve the integrity of the essential oil. And when I uh, went to Grasse in France and went to the oldest perfumeries in the world, that's where and how they used to make some of the most beautiful, luxurious perfumes in the world was through those two extraction methods. And so we like to keep things pretty pretty traditional. Um, and that's the, the way we source that them. That makes sense. So when you were in school or when you were, you know, first formulating all these, I'm sure you were just, you know, buying and formulating and figuring it out. How did you go from sourcing that just from playing around with it to then going and sourcing from certain farms or wherever you currently source from for Vitruvi? I mean, it's a really big step. It's not like you can just like sit and Google, okay, I'm going to like go find this one place. Um, I mean, maybe you can, but it would take a lot of research. So I'm curious how you went about going from idea to actually making it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole bunch of little steps. Like I said, we've been doing this a very long time. So it's a bunch of baby steps. And when you grow a company from just your living room, you kind of learn to make the right choices and a bunch of small ones that ladder up into something that has a little more legs maybe. Um, but it really started with learning um, both from an aromatherapist and a perfumist about how to blend and create unique aromas. So using top notes, middle notes, and base notes. And that's what creates that polarity in a beautiful fine fragrance um, that's a little different than what has been traditionally maybe used in essential oil blending. And then we created a scent arsenal. So basically a library of the best quality of different um, oils and we source organic whenever possible. And that became our gold star and our gold standard. And so everything that we create, if we need to switch a blend or um, make a new product, I'll get samples shipped to the house. I'll smell them or to our office and then smell them. Like since working from home for the last 60 days, I think I've gotten three different samples um, from our different laboratories for me to smell the products and look at different variants of different oils. And then I'll choose which is the, the best quality. I love that you touched on the fact that it takes a lot of different steps and little steps to get to your end goal. And a lot of times starting a business or trying to reach whatever goal someone has, it can be so overwhelming. So I think it is wonderful that you said that, and I couldn't agree with you more. And to that point, um, I was asking a little bit about sourcing, and I love that you guys do third-party laboratory testing, but how did you go and you know find the right farm or whatever it is? I hear a lot about Young Living Essential Oils or doTERRA, and they're very like pyramid scheme brands that... Not, nothing against them. They have therapeutic grade and they've brought a lot of information to so many people. So I'm very grateful for them. I, I buy Young Living, I buy, you know, different types of oils, but I really, um, as far as brand goes, I love the brand that you've created. And I love learning that you are also, um, really intentional in your sourcing and, you know, not everyone that's going to start a brand has a bunch of intention behind their sourcing. So with having a lot of, you know, intention behind that, it, it makes it complicated because it's not like you can just go anywhere 
and source an oil. You really have to trust where it's coming from. So did you travel there? How did you find these places that you partner with? Or do you guys have, you know, land? I don't really know how it works. I'm just curious how that um, process is. Yeah, so there's a few different parts, I think, to the question that you just shared. Um, one, the essential oil industry, like you said, has been around for a very long time. Um, there are big players like Young Living or doTERRA. They've done an incredible job, like you said, for awareness and helping people understand that. Um, and also, they've done a great job of creating their own gold standard system. So therapeutic grade messaging isn't something that's regarded as an industry. It's something that's created by those companies and a standard that they create and own for themselves. At Vitruvi, um, we believe in, transparent, um, in transparency in how we create products as well as in how we source and using third-party testing and not using claims that are made up by our own our, ourselves. So we believe in the importance of organic, we believed in the purity and potency, and we have a downloadable um, MDS form that you can print off for each batch of oil that we know that our customers are incredibly educated and super smart. So we show them the purity and the potency of each oil and they can see what they have for, for everyone. When we talk about, so that's the, the first part of the question, the second part, when we talk about the best places to source from, there are hotspots in the world that create a gold standard in certain oils. So for example, we always source our lavender from France because they create the best lavender, in my opinion. Um, and when I was early on this journey and traveling through France and going to Grasset, I fell in love with the French lavender. My grandma also used to use it and French lavender was her favorite. So I have a nostalgic piece of what lavender is, which is very different than an English lavender. Um, there's other things like ylang-ylang. There's three different grades of ylang-ylang. We source the highest grade and we source it from Madagascar because we that creates the, the highest quality and the way and the time and the day that they pick that oil smells better. Um, so I'm sure it would be a lot easier on our operations team if we didn't have such a high standard for the types of oils we source. Um, but it's very true and always 100% pure. And like I said, always um, certified organic if we can. Um, and we're working on building that out throughout our whole scent um, scheme. And to your final point, um, I think that one of the most important things when you're starting a company is having operating principles and things that are you're going to hold yourself to regardless of what size you're at. And quality of products is just a given to us. Um, and we are really still on our journey of what we want that experience to be like for our customer. I love the Stephen Covey quote, begin with the end in mind. And that's how I start every day. Um, and my vision for the company is very much the same today as it was six years ago. And we're only three rings up the ladder of where I think and the vision for what we're creating. Core values at Ruby is how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's a testament to taking those small steps. And the way that you send an email to me is the same as how you decide with a purchasing order for your Q4 assortment. Everything needs to be done with intention, um, with calmness, with the right thought, and the right energy. That's beautiful. I love that you put it out there for your customers to decide. And you trust that they know what's best for them and they're going to decide what, you know, the quality of your oil is rather than um, coming up with a specific name for whatever it is. I think that's really great. It's a yeah. lot to your brand. 
Yeah, we we obviously are the experts and we know what's great and we wouldn't sell or create a product that wasn't what we believe is the best in the past and the best in the world. But we believe in being able to see what we're creating as well. And for me, I believe it's really important for people to understand what's going on in their body, what they're breathing in in their air. And I'm working with a few different campaigns um, to help with transparency and personal care products. And so at Vitruvi, we, we stand behind that um, as well. That's so exciting. So are you going to kind of um, open up the product line then and get into more beauty and stuff like that? What is it that, that we can look forward to? Yeah. Well, well, we're de- we'll definitely stay in our lane as a natural home scenting company, but working more on policy work, the campaign for safe cosmetics, um, and personal care products, and different bills that are being passed in different states um, in the U.S. around the importance of um, labeling carcinogenic or unsafe products for people to understand. And like I said, for us, what's happening in air care and the way they're scenting the air around them at home. So more to come on that. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And I think the more companies that get together and work towards that, the better it is for everyone. And it's so wonderful that a bunch of companies are starting. I mean, not a bunch, but in our industry, it's great that there are more like beauty counters creating a lot of safety standards and working on passing bills and stuff. So that's really cool. Have you connected with other companies on that? Or is it something that you guys are kind of just doing on on your own? Uh, no, it's a group of us, Beauty Counter included, um, others like Seventh Generation, Birds um, Osea. There's a, a, a number of different um, players in that. That's so fun. So, okay, so you start Vitruvi, you're super passionate about the old factory system, and you get into essential oils and transforming the space in your home, which is amazing what you guys are doing especially now everyone's indoors and it's so important to be mindful of what products you're using at home so it's great that you guys are really um you know just a a huge part in getting that message out there i really see your brand as at the forefront of that um i'm curious how you go from that to building this amazing direct consumer platform and you know as someone who's passionate about wellness and starting these websites that are about rituals and interviewing people that's so fun but obviously it's a totally different landscape when you're talking about strategy and where you're gonna you know invest your time and effort and finances and as a brand as you grow so I love learning about how different founders navigate that landscape and how, you know, obviously a lot of it's trial and error, but what did it look like? Did it look like hiring someone onto your team that really understood that landscape? Did it look like you and your brother really figuring that out together? I'm so curious. We um, started with no cash. Uh, We had one mentor who wrote a very, very small check and that's what I dropped out of med school for, um, which at the time seemed like a lot, but really <laughs> wasn't. Um, and Sean stopped business school. Um, and I think that starting and having to be accountable to every decision that we made, we didn't raise a bunch of capital like some companies do today, made us really discerning and made us listen to our customer from a very early 
stage. Um, and we actually didn't start as a, a D2C brand as heavily as we are weighted today because we couldn't afford to. Um, it just to pay to play, to be able to be online and create that shipping experience and the way that you need to speak to customers on different platforms. So we started with an amazing boutique business um, and working with boutique owners, most of which were female owned um, throughout the US and Canada. And that's how we built our business because they would pay before we would ship. And so they'd pay, we'd ship it the, that day or the next day. And they became brand advocates really for us. And when people go into a shop like that, they usually have a personal relationship with the owner. They're more interested in learning the story of a company. Um, and that's really where we grew from there. We um, got into a few sort of boutiques that were kind of more trend setting where some of the larger retailers learned about us um, and brought us on. And that was a really big learning curve because a major retailer like a Nordstrom or an Urban Outfitters um, will treat you very differently than a boutique in uh, California. So that was that was a, a moment in time when I would say if you're transitioning to that state as a company, get people that have done it before um, and have some experience with dealing with those larger retailers. Um, I wanted to be in Nordstrom so bad um, that I emailed them every 21 days for six months, I think. So it was really just about making it happen. Our boutique business was built um, when I was still doing customer service. I was doing wholesale and it was just Sean and I, and I had a printout of about 500 different stores. I still have the piece of paper today. Um, and every day my goal was to email or call 100 stores. And so I would cross off you know, as many as I could do in a day. Usually it became around 50 but between mixing and blending our own oils and it became just a numbers game and looking in about looking into different cool boutiques and shop owners and then emailing them and, and calling them. So um, you have to be okay with feeling uncomfortable and feeling like you're asking something of someone. Um, and that was a huge learning curve for me in starting it out. So to answer your question, started small, started with boutiques through our retail business as that happened, our, our online business grew and we have a whole digital team now that, that runs that and that's the majority of our business. So are you in those yeah. retailers or those boutiques today? Yeah, we still have a incredible boutique business that's run by Danica on our team and our major retail stores is run by Steph. Um, she was our first employee and still runs that entire part of the company today. So they they run those, those um parts of the business and it's an incredibly important part of what we do um, but we've obviously grown our, our direct business as well as our Amazon business has grown disproportionately larger on Amazon yes. was it difficult to uh, I'm curious we're on Amazon too at the fullest we have our own products and I'm curious oh, because cool. uh, on one hand it's like it's difficult because with Amazon you don't have your customers information they just go on and they purchase and you don't get to communicate with them necessarily. They can run with you. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious how you see that area growing versus the D2C. Do you think that it's just a different customer or do you think maybe someone will buy it on Amazon and then continue to buy it um, directly from you? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think that, um, you know, today, everything's shifting so much, especially with what's going on, but there's definitely some overlap in customers. There's some that are very different, um, especially in our hardware. Someone that's looking for a diffuser online or on our website, different 
than someone that's looking on Amazon. Their feature assortment is different. So we have a good understanding of how those um, demographics and how that customer segment differs. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And how, when did you start getting into the hardware and um, building the beautiful, beautiful diffuser that you've designed? I love it so much and I'm so happy with mine. So how was that? Did you, um, yeah, how do you go about even building something like that? Yeah, I mean, that is something that we built. We wanted something that looked more unique um, and that fit the aesthetic of our customer and our community and a vessel. We started with just oils and then we wanted something that could be a home for that and to help diffuse it in the air in a way that was safe and non-toxic. Um, and the retail, wholesale, um, and hardware part of our business has been a really interesting area to grow and just thinking about the different methodologies and the way we can problem solve for our customer. We work really, really, really closely with our customers. So our, our customer experience team is at the heart of the entire company. And we work with them on new product variants and scents and hardware updates that we can make. So we have some really cool new products coming out this year in that vein. And um, a lot of it was been community understanding. Oh, that's super cool. Your diffuser, does it use a different sort of technology than other ones? I mean, it doesn't necessarily heat. How does it work? It doesn't heat the oil or burn it, right? It just... Yeah, so ultrasonic technology, which means there's an oscillating plate that moves really quickly and creates a cool mist that comes out. Um, and the essential oils is suspended in those water droplets that go in the air. So there is some light humidifying benefits, which is great for beside a bed. We don't call it a humidifier um, because it doesn't let out enough moisture to really change the humidity in a large space. Um, but that's the way it works. And so it just uses water. Um, by not heating the oils, it means we keep them in their full integrity and you're able to smell the, the purest aroma of that oil without heating it. Are you guys, you don't have anything for travel right now, do you? No, we don't right now. Because um, when I was pregnant, I, I'm obsessed with my diffuser and I just love using it all the time. And so when I was pregnant, I was planning what I'm going to take to the hospital and I really wanted to take my diffuser, but we, they don't let you, for some reason, they don't let you do ones that plug in at the hospital. So I had to get like a battery powered one and it was so complicated to find. And oh, so no. interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need we have some innovation this year that might be helpful for your next yeah. birth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You've definitely packed in quite a few labor bags. Yeah, delivery yeah. bags. God. So that, oh yeah. It makes me so happy. So that's so wonderful that you're here and you started this beautiful company with your brother. What a transformational experience. I, I love, I got into business because I really believe in using business as a path to awakening and really coming as a place where you're coming together with your employees. You're each coming into the workplace, even not right now, virtually, however it may look with your stuff and you bring your baggage together and you work through it together and then you're connecting with your customers. I mean, it's just such a beautiful way to look at transforming as a person. And I'm sure you've experienced that just, you're not the same person as you were six years ago and what you've gone through and, and the type of leader that you probably are. So I'm curious if you have any sort of 
insight into an experience or what sort of ways that you've transformed as um, a business owner? Um, that's a really good, big question. Uh, I think that what business does and running a company is sort of what any relationship does, which I think is puts a mirror right in front of you. And when you are responsible for the livelihood of others and for a team, you need to get your, your shit straight and own, own your, own it. Um, and so it's really an entrepreneurial mindset to me is one of vulnerability, but also checking yourself and just keeping a level head. And I think that one thing that's really important that I find um, I experienced as well as people that are starting a business is to know who your cheer squad is and who your mentors are and to not get those two people confused. So it's important to have the people around you that will cheer and support you no matter what, um, like your mom and maybe your best friend. Um, it's also important to have people that have some industry specific knowledge or they can help you on your business journey. It's important to not get those two people mixed up. And there's people that love you for you. And there's people that will love you for your business doing well and be aware of what ring of the ladder those people are in and what your what validation you're seeking from each party. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. And then the second one is I would say a genuine curiosity about self-betterment and yourself and being of service to others. And that as soon as you start a company or have an employee, it's not about you. It's never about you. Um, it's about your customer and it's about your team. And so I try to walk into the office every day being of service to others and helping them um, you know, develop personally and professionally, as well as our, for a customer to have a great product. Um, and so I think if you go into it with that mindset, um, business is, in my opinion, a way that you can better your community and your, and your world. And um, it's the philosophy that at least I've taken as well as Sean. I can really tell. So it really comes through just speaking with you. And I really, really enjoy all of the different products that you put out. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and share a little bit about your journey. I really appreciate it and hope you guys are staying safe and well during this really crazy time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me today and for Thanks chatting. Thanks so much. Bye, Sarah.